Hey everybody, welcome back to the Slay Less Show. This is podcast nine of season three. Today I am going back to my topic of colorism and I'll specifically be discussing Meghan Markle and the interview that she and Harry just recently did with Oprah Winfrey. Um, I've kind of this season, although I've been, you know, really intending to focus on colorism and have for the most part, I've also interpolated some other different topics that I am discussing and learning about in one of the classes I'm taking to prepare me for my dissertation uh, race, crime, and justice. And uh, today I specifically just want to revert back to the topic of colorism and specifically what's going on with Meghan Markle. Uh, the British royal family, the firm. First and foremost, I never even knew they were called the firm. They were referred to as the firm. Um, I just remember growing up and my mom loving Princess Diana and like, you know, just really loving a lot of the different things that she did as far as her public persona and her really wanting to be a princess of people's hearts, as she so famously said herself, um, her being in Africa in the 80s when HIV and AIDS were rampant and people did not know what it was and they still thought you could catch it from just touching people or being in contact with people and her holding small African children that were infected with HIV AIDS and you know kissing them and loving on them in a time when people were deeply deeply afraid of what was happening where HIV and AIDS were still extremely taboo and people didn't really understand what they were and then her just generally and genuinely being a person that was willing to step away from royal protocol and just be herself under intense media scrutiny I feel it's really important to kind of talk about her first um, because she is really important, I think, to even now what is happening with Meghan and Harry. Um, you know, we've we've watched over the past couple of years, but especially over the past couple of months, I released a podcast about Britney Spears and how the media literally just assaulted her at every given turn. And now all these different websites uh, are publishing lists of different women who have been canceled for sexist reasons, who have been harassed and assaulted by the media, who have been, you know, talked about so badly that it is, you know, profoundly affected their careers. Just the other day, I had a conversation with somebody about Alicia Keys and how Alicia Keys is one of the most talented musicians of our time, you know, a decorated and awarded musician, but how the perception of her being a homewrecker or sleeping with a married man or, 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 you know, entering into a relationship with a man that was supposedly married or, or still was in the throes of getting a divorce has greatly tarnished her career and she has never been the same and has reached the same height as she did before all that happened. As far as like the type of opportunity that she's given, she's still putting out great music. She's still an icon. People are still, you know, really fucking with her the long way, but also it just goes to show how sexist and how awful the media can be. Um, and they have not the entire time that Megan dated Harry, uh, when she married Harry, when she was pregnant with Archie, they have not let up off of her. And granted, I understand that she's a famous figure, right? All these women that I, I just mentioned, the Dixie Chicks, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Megan Fox, uh, Kathy Griffin. These are all famous women, right? Like A-list actors, musicians, entertainers, athletes, so on and Serena Williams I forgot to mention her because they've definitely they definitely tried it with her for sure too but all these women are famous right but I still think we have to really acknowledge that even though Meghan Markle married into the royal family married into all this wealth um that she's still a person and she was not royal before all this happened um and then just the general 
the general legacy of of what happened with Diana and Harry essentially not wanting the same thing to happen to his wife and his you know his his baby um so let's get right down to it so first and foremost I think the British Empire the British Kingdom the British monarchy um we just got done talking about imperialism I teach world history to high school students and we just got done talking about British imperialism in India and Africa and um you know of course in that within that topic we talked about the British monarchy and whether they mean for this to be this way or not the British monarchy is a very very wealthy and white institution it has always been that way right so here comes Meghan Markle this uh mixed race biracial woman with a black mother and a, and a white father who marries into this family and uh, you know black people we vary in shades right I talk about that I've dedicated my podcast a bunch of my scholarly pursuits to talking about the diversity and skin tones that black people have and uh, them you know, the question apparently came up and neither Megan nor Harry would confirm who it was. They confirmed that it wasn't the queen or her husband. So it wasn't a Queen Elizabeth or Philip. But they wouldn't say who said this exactly. But someone in the royal family was concerned with how dark this baby was going to be. Like, what's the baby going to look like? This is a classic callback to white supremacy, first and foremost. Um, to colorism, racism and colorism. Racism, first and foremost, because you know they don't really want this black baby right they don't really don't really don't want his half black wife they really don't want and this baby that would be essentially a quarter black they don't really want that quarter black baby either that one drop rule is coming into full effect here right but also um if it has to be a black baby right they definitely don't want that baby to be too black or too dark i think this is what i'm glad that megan brought this to the forefront of international attention because it really denies the fact that we cannot talk about colorism that colorism is this trivial and you know sensationalized thing oh you know we're all black or you know you know everybody experiences colorism no 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 that is a system leveraged specifically against people who have less of a proximity to whiteness who have less access to the proximity to whiteness somebody in this royal family and we don't know who straight up told harry because i think the conversation if i recall correctly the conversation was with him and i think he related to megan but they were concerned about how dark this child would be essentially how black this child would be how dark this child would be um you know, everything that I've talked about with colorism comes into play here, right? Specifically with class, um, this idea that, first and foremost, black people have a hard time mobilizing socially upward anyways, right? But then to take that into account and really talk about the fact that, oh, excuse me, that's my alarm, to really talk about the fact that the darker you are, 
the harder it is to socially mobilize upward and the harder it is to be seen by people who have all of the resources in the world, who have all the power, who have all the access to be able to determine who gets to socially mobilize upward. Do not necessarily want you there if you are too black, if you are too dark, if you look too much of a certain way, if you don't look white enough, if you don't look polished enough. You know, I'm sure within that conversation, they probably they definitely probably asked a bunch of different appearances about a a bunch of different questions about this baby's appearance. What's his hair going to look like? What's his skin tone going to look like? And I think that's disgusting. um, But I think it really goes to show how indebted the royal family is to preserving this image. I mean, most people understand now that they don't actually have a whole lot of political power. They are literally figureheads of a long gone system that really, I mean, honestly, really only exists in name anymore right england is not run by a monarchy england is run by a parliament they have you know an entire government that is set aside apart from the historical monarchy that's been in place for thousands of years but i think it's really interesting um also what harry revealed about how they've been surviving and then some of the different things about um you know them saying they don't have money to protect megan okay to provide her with adequate security and them saying that Archie, this this quarter black baby, is not going to be able to be considered a prince. This is fucking unheard of, right? Because and I think in every other instance, um, you know, this is not some distant duke or earl or royal or, or arist- aristocratic person. Um, this is the queen's grandson. This is her great grandson, right? This is her great grandson. Um this is the future king because I, at this point, I don't believe that Charles and Camilla are ever going to ascend to the throne. I'm pretty sure it's going to go straight to William and Kate. This is the king's fucking brother. This is his brother, the future king's brother. You're telling me that they don't have money to protect his wife, the Duchess, and their son, who is essentially a prince by birth? I'm so confused here, y'all. And I think all it really points to is how racist that institution is and how much they do not want Megan and that baby there. And then don't even get me started on the way that the media, they have demonized, demonized, demonized. They have used all these different tropes. The British media, and Pierce Morgan is an asshole. Fuck him. I'm saying it here now. I, I just, I have no words. But the way that they have attacked this woman and used all these different stereotypical tropes to portray her as an angry black woman you know, they at one point they try to, you know, oh, she's a this, you know, this mulatto seductress that seduced this wealthy white prince into marrying. Like, you know, it's just it's a bunch of different stuff that's been floating around for the past four or five years about this woman, all of which almost all of which 90 percent of which, especially if you're looking at British media by white people has been negative. Here in America, the coverage of her has been much more positive um, the coverage of her by people of color, especially and particularly women of color, in particular black women, has been extremely positive, extremely positive. Um, but I think when you do a side by side comparison, definitely the media, the white British media has attacked her in ways that are truly unprecedented. And, you know, I can imagine how traumatic that has to be not only for Megan, but for Harry to have to watch this shit. He watched it with his mother. He watched it, you know, as his parents' marriage began to fall apart. He watched the coverage of what happened with his mother after she died, you know, and them having to attend her funeral on national TV, excuse me, international TV, because this was international news at the time that it happened. All these different things that took place and, you know, him having to see that with his mother, then fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years later, 
he's getting into a serious relationship. He's chosen the person that he wants to marry and that he wants to be with. He loves her. I mean, by all, I feel like by all, by all standards of measure, like, I really feel like Megan is pretty like, you know, she's pretty safe as far as like somebody that he would choose to be with. But the one thing I think that isn't safe about her, there are several things, but I think the one that's the most unsafe is the fact that this woman is half black, right? And um, him having to deal with that and having to watch not only what happened with his mother, but now that he's happy and in a relationship, a committed relationship, has married this woman, has, you know, has gotten her pregnant, started a family with this woman, his wife, he has to watch the media attack her. And he has to watch the toll that it begins to take on her mental and emotional health. He has to watch her get broken down. He has to watch her be unsupported by his family. Essentially the same shit that happened with his mother. This is ironic. It's a little eerie to me. It's definitely really scary. But him watching that and having to come to terms with that. And then finally him making a decision collectively with his family to be like, look, we have to step aside from this because, if, you know, if we don't, it's going to cause you irreparable damage. You know, who knows what could happen to you? Who knows what could happen to my son? The British family, the royal family has already said, you know, we don't have enough money to cover security for Megan. Essentially, I'm assuming if they don't have it for Megan, they probably extends to baby Archie too, right? And now, you know, that is particularly scary for me thinking about that as a mother. And Megan mentioned this in the, uh, in the interview as well too. Like, you know the safety of her children now she has she they have baby Archie and she's pregnant again I don't know if you guys knew this but she's actually pregnant right now with their their daughter and I'm just wondering to myself so if y'all don't have money to protect the mother and probably baby Archie there's probably no protection for any other children produced out of this union now mind you these are royal children a royal wife walking around in public you're telling me that they don't have money for security for them and that basically Harry has to foot the, essentially he has to foot the bill his damn self. So there was also a discussion about like their finances and uh, how they've been surviving. I think this really also again points to Princess Diana. First and foremost, they have no support whatsoever from the royal family anymore. So they pretty much have essentially been cut off. Uh, they're not senior royals. They've, you know, they've detached themselves from that title. They are, I believe they're still the Duchess and the Duke. Uh, I think they still have those titles, if I'm not mistaken. And I really, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand how titles are awarded or taken away and for what reasons and what titles that they actually get to hang on to. But I believe I read somewhere yesterday or the day before that they're still technically the Duke and the Duchess. They're just not senior members of the royal family. They don't really have any obligations to maintain those type of appearances. And I guess because that is the case, they also don't have any financial support from that family. And this is what they expressed in this interview um when they first left they were just pretty much surviving off the money that his mother left him mind you diana was wealthy she's a spencer she came from a very wealthy aristocratic family um the aristocracy of britain you know they own land they have this old money right like these people are not rich they're wealthy they've had money for a long time so he has his inheritance from his mother um and she also set aside some other money for i think like 40 million dollars for him just for him to survive off of and when they left the royal family before they started making all these different book and appearances and podcasts and media deals because they've they've doubled and tripled up their money by now but at first that's all they had to survive off of and he said something that was so profound in the interview and it really just like kind of brought tears to my eyes he was talking about how his mother and this is verifiable through all the different interviews that she's done and her speaking very candidly about how she does not get along with that family 
they don't get along with her. She does not like that family. She essentially, you know, never received proper support from that family, never received any of the things that she should have. I feel as Charles's wife had to go through, you know, a very public divorce where the media had already been harassing her, but, you know, pretty much amped up and increased the level at which they were trying to, you know, assault her everyday life just for, for just for photo ops and for pictures and stuff. So she has a bunch of different interviews where, and I'm talking about Princess Diana, she has a bunch of different interviews where she talks about that and she talks about, you know, essentially her disdain for the royal family and their disdain for her. And so one of the things that Prince Harry said in the interview is he talks about the fact that his mother, he's like, I feel like she kind of knew that eventually this was going to happen to one of us. Um, You know, William has essentially been groomed. Like he's like, you know, I feel like he's like the pretty like all-star like cookie cutter royal right he married Kate they have their three children <laughs> I'm about to be petty but it's also you know he's 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 had his little affair with Kate's friend which I didn't even know about until I well they well this alleged alleged affair right um and it's what's interesting about that too is they have the media has so much time to focus on the perceived negativities of Meghan Markle but they haven't said shit about William and this affair that he's having with Kate Middleton's ex-friend that who's also married They haven't said shit about that. They cover that shit up quick. When they could have done the same thing for Megan, they could have called the media off of her, but they elected not to. Because I essentially, I mean, I just, we have to safely assume it's just because they just didn't care. Like all signs point in that direction. Um, I think it's really interesting what Harry said about his mother and the fact that she did do that in a way that he could still access that money were this to happen and that money has been a saving grace for him and his young family and um you know I in my mind understanding money and privilege I feel like no matter what Harry and Meghan were probably going to be okay anyways like they're incredibly famous you know they're they're going to be able to get all sorts of literary and media and publicity deals and you know all sorts of stuff based off the very fact of just who they are so money was going to flow for them regardless but it is interesting um how they did not receive any type of help after they left the royal family you know these are their family members right and I really just think it points to like the legacy of royal families really just being trifling as hell to each other and you know like if you look at history royals all over the world they've killed their own their own children their own parents their own kin their brothers or sisters they really are ruthless as fuck and granted that's not what's happening here with um it's not that serious but the fact that like you know they have no no real support the fact that harry uh I think he said his father, his father, like he doesn't, his, his, he said, this is the quote he said about his relationship with his father. No, with his brother, excuse me. This is what he said about his relationship with William. He said the relationship is space. Like it essentially doesn't exist anymore. And how his father will not, he like, he refuses to take his calls. And I just think that shit is shitty because I really feel like had it been Diana, she would never do her son like that. She would never not take her son's calls. Um, she would, you know, and I think it just goes to show the two dynamics of parenthood and how one parent is obviously extremely shitty and how the other parent who's not even here is still protecting her son from beyond the grave. She's not even here. And the shit she said in motion for him years ago is what's been his saving grace as he ventures out and becomes more of who he's meant to be and really dives into his relationship with his wife and his family. 
And I think that is extremely sad, but I'm also really happy that she thought ahead that way. And I also think it really speaks to the trauma that she endured. She was like, you know what? If my kids ever want to get the fuck away from any of this shit, I'm going to provide a way for them to do that. And I think that she really did that for Harry. And it really pulled, like, it really came through for him in the clutch in this particular instance, in this particular situation. Uh, I will say, even furthermore, um, I'm really also just kind of disgusted by Meghan Markle's father and his inability to be empathetic towards his daughter and to just continue to be an opportunist in the wake of everything that has happened over the past four to five years. Him selling pictures of her to the paparazzi, the note that she wrote to him, him making that note public for the paparazzi, all of which is to his benefit, right? All of which is like, you know, and this is purely motivated out of greed, out of jealousy, I'm sure, out of just a bunch of different shit. But for him to to set himself up in a way that he would continue to embarrass his daughter continue to cause her emotional and mental distress um you know continue to put potentially her in danger because the paparazzi can be very dangerous they will do anything for a picture they'll do anything for interview anything to just you know and for him to sit there and partake in that shows i think how little he cares about his daughter and how much he cares about his own self-interest and his ability to capitalize off of what's going on with his daughter um you know, there's been a huge disparity in the way that American Twitter and American media outlets have responded to Megan as opposed to British outlets. Um, you know, my mom lived in England for a time during her youth. She always talks about how revered the English people, uh, you know, how revered the, the monarchy is in England, and how the English people like they love the idea of their queen, their king, the royal family. Um, and I think that's so interesting considering the fact that, you know, we get to see them in this light. And I think it really just really further dichotomizes the way that Americans see that family, in particular their treatment of Meghan Markle, and the way that the British are continuously and continuing. And not all of them, right? Like, there have been a bunch of black British media outlets who have sided with Meghan Markle and been like, you know, like, what the fuck? It's really not easy uh, to see that Meghan Markle was being mistreated. And I feel like even more so, even as she comes out and continues to tell her truth about what happens, even more so what is going to happen with her is they are going to continue to paint her as, you know, this angry black woman, this, you know, this black harlot who roped up this prince and got pregnant with him bethany frankel's trash ass tweeted the other day she's like oh you know woe is me like you know you married a you were a b-list actor and a and a, what did she say a game show house and you married a prince and you couldn't take the heat it's like bitch shut up like literally it's not even about that like that granted she married into a royal family but look at look at the shit she's experienced since she did marry into this royal family the level of racism is unprecedented the level of colorism that her son her unborn son was already has already been subjected to is ridiculous. Like you don't get to speak about that. That is not your battle to fight. You don't get to have an opinion about that, honestly. Just truth be told. And if you do, keep it to yourself because it's just disgusting. Like the fact that people, this woman continues to come forward about the ways in which her mental and emotional health and stability were attacked. In many ways, the way her physical safety has been compromised with the royal family's refusal to provide her with protection and you know her father phoning the fucking paparazzi and telling them where she's going to be stuff like that is uh you know it's, it's not to be taken lightly it's not to be laughed at 
truly I do feel for her um a few more things so I really was not surprised when she came forward with the story and she was like you know um there was a story circulating around that I made Kate Middleton cry and come to find out per Megan's uh interview actually it was the other way around Kate Middleton actually made her cry and this is really interesting to me because once again, in any other instance, the royal family goes to great pains to, and I think well, I think they mentioned this like in the uh, in the interview how the royal family has like an unspoken contract with the media, like hey, like you know, we'll give you this, but like you know, do it, do it, like cover us or cover our issues in a way that is for the most part, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Flattering. Like you can, of course, we don't expect you not to do your job, not to produce news stories not for the tabloids not to tabloid the tabloids going tabloid right but we expect you to do it in a way that is you know kind of at least a little bit flattering right but in many ways um they're able to kind of like manipulate what type of stories come out and they they didn't say shit no one including kate took the pains to correct that story there was already all this negativity, all this negative press surrounding Meghan Markle. There's already this this uh, media trope of her as an angry black woman being continuously an un- angry, unsatisfied, never happy, can never be pleased black royal that's being painted in the British press, in the American, you know, in in the international press, right? Like there, everybody who hates Meghan Markle, who hates black women, who hates women, they're picking up on this story and they're running with it. Oh, Megan, this Megan Markle's not getting along with the family. Megan Markle, this Megan, you know, they're really like. And then you know, these these allegations that she was mean to the staff, all this different shit's coming forward, right? And I think um, it's interesting again how they'll go to great pains to push down the royal family will literally go to great pains to push down stories they do not want circulating. But when it came time for Megan to be protected, nobody batted an eyelash. Nobody stood up. Nobody was courageous enough to do what needed to be done to protect this young woman. And I think that's pretty disgusting. I really do. Um, I think it's also interesting when you look at the dynamic of Megan's parents. You have not seen her mother in the media. You haven't seen her mother yapping. You haven't seen her mother saying anything. You haven't seen any of that. You really haven't. Uh, whereas with her father, he's all over the place doing the most per usual. Um... I really commend Harry for doing what he needed to do for his family and for Megan for, you know, being courageous enough to really come forward and tell her truth. And I hope that they are able to carve a future where their children feel loved and safe and they understand their heritage and also have a great and deep appreciation for the fact that, you know, they are part black and it's okay to be part black and there's nothing wrong with that. And they need to celebrate that part of their heritage, just like they would celebrate any other part of their identity. And I really hope for Megan I'm really happy that she got the fuck away from them because if these people are, are as horrible as they are. And another interesting thing that really just struck me was their, their expressing their expression of the fact that they still don't really feel safe and they feel like the firm could potentially at any point try to retaliate against them. And, you know, then, you know, there's a bunch of different conspiracy theories and shit floating around t- Twitter. But, you know, they said that Archie's favorite, um, phrase to say to people when they leave the house is to drive safe and people are like that's really scary 
think about how Princess Diana died. And for those of you who don't know, I, I feel like nobody in my listening audience wouldn't know this. I don't feel like kids really listen to my podcast. At least I hope they don't. But almost all of us were alive or, you know, were old enough to see Princess Diana alive and flourishing during her life, but also to see the devastating impact her death had on the world, um, you know, had obviously on her two sons and the way that she died in a really brutal car accident. Right. And for their son, Megan and Harry's son, Archie, to be, you know, a little bitty baby, barely learning how to talk, telling people drive safe, drive safe. Like as they're leaving their house, I think is kind of scary, um, but also kind of beautiful. I hope that there there's so much media attention on them that they can almost be untouchable that it would like you know it would be too much to even try and further tarnish Meghan Markle or further try and tarnish Harry I hope that in having this interview with Oprah and having this sit down and being able to release and talk about their truth that they have reached a place where they can continue building their lives and be happy and when they can raise their children with pride and dignity and where Meghan can live a life where she's around people who love and appreciate her and the same for Harry you know like I can't imagine what it's like to first and foremost marry into a family that obviously doesn't give a fuck about you, but then to also be a part of that family and to bring home the person that you love and to see how your family treats that person solely, you know, almost solely, I say almost solely, let's just cut to the chase, solely based on the fact that she is half black, that she's American, you know, she's a biracial woman, a half black American woman. And then for them to sit there and like in your face, like sit there, well, Archie's not going to be a prince. Well, why the fuck not? Like my, this is my thing. It's like, when do y'all, when did y'all run out of, of prince titles? Y'all have all kinds of earls and dukedoms. So Archie doesn't get to be anything. And he literally is a blood relation of blood relation to the future. Like literally the future king's brother, his only brother, his only sibling. That shit is wild to me. Um, but I'm going to wrap up here. We're reaching the 30 minute mark. You know, colorism is an extension of racism we understand that racism um is very pervasive racism is you know this anti-black hate these systems and institutions that exist that particularly in this context uh work to disenfranchise and work to diminish the lived experiences of black people but colorism is just as important because within that system you have to take into account that there are people who are privileged. Everyone has their privilege, right? As a dark-skinned black woman, I have certain privileges. I am educated. I have a stable income. I have medical and dental and vision insurance. I have a brand new running car. I live in a nice house. I don't own that bitch, but it is nice. And eventually, the way the trajectory of my life is going, eventually I will own a home. You know? And my daughter... God willing, we'll be able to go to school for free because I'll have the kind of money where I can pay her tuition out of pocket and I can do like some of my, my, my friends in grad school. I can buy her a house or something when she graduates with her master's. Literally new people that happen to. But, um, you know, we have to acknowledge our privileges, but also we have to acknowledge that there are various ways in which we are disadvantaged. And in this world where white supremacy is pervasive, people of darker skin tone are going to experience certain disadvantages because we lack the proximity to whiteness that people who are lighter than us and people who have the abilities to be racially ambiguous and people who have the ability to be white passing have. And even with Meghan Markle, with her being a light-skinned black woman, she 
that conversation about her son and about his skin tone is rife, rife with colorism and rife with this idea that to be lighter, to have finer textured hair is to be better, is to be superior, is to be more attractive, is to be in every way, have accessibility to the things that really allow you to make it in this world. So I'm going to wrap up there. I can't wait to see you guys again. I'll be releasing a podcast, I believe, in, let's see. Ooh, I'll be hopping back on colorism for a while. And then I'll be going back into the race, crime, and justice series that I've been doing for my class probably in the next week or two here. So you guys will be hearing again from me soon. Take care. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and that it resonates with you. And I hope you share it with people who are closely following um, what's been happening with Meghan Markle and with Harry. You guys have a good one. It's been real.